Well, welcome back to the Cut for Time podcast here at the Canton United Methodist Church. Um, after some fun adventures, both Eric and I are back um, and uh, ready to dig into Sunday's sermon, which is the start of a new message series on the basics of our faith. Over the next four weeks, we're going to be talking about prayer, scripture, confession, and service. Um, and so today we're talking about prayer um, and why it matters, why it's important, and what it truly means for us to pray without ceasing. And we're going to dig into some practical applications of ways that we can be in prayer uh, in a way that is faithful to Paul's words. So let's get into it. So reading the passage from First Thessalonians, um, it's rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Right. So when I read that rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, originally I read that as three separate I don't know, lack of a better term, commandments. Sure. Or really, is Paul trying to wrap that up into pray without ceasing? Or, I don't know, talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, this comes in the final section where Paul's giving instructions. And sometimes it is just kind of rapid fire, you know, good advice that Paul gives at the end of his letters. Like this is, you'll see this consistently throughout his writing. that He does this with almost every church. Um, and I really think that these three things work together. In, in a way that that shows us what pray without ceasing can look like. You know, rejoicing always, that consistency piece. Pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. That all is that piece of letting God constantly be at the center of your life. Um, that, that you are giving every part of your life over to God. And how we do that, the how the house and the, the how we do that is through prayer is through that constant stream I mean, and like not constant in the fact that we have to just throw off our entire lives and and do nothing but pray there's that constancy piece of that we know prayer is important we know communication with god is important and we're going to do it on a consistent basis the verse from the lord's prayer give us this day our daily bread like there is a there is a way that we're, there's a there's a intentionality behind how we approach our lives of prayer and that's really what Paul's going after um, when he talks to the Thessalonians. Sure. So you talked a lot about, well, in your in your sermon, you kept repeating, pray without ceasing. Yep. Um, you consistently repeated that over and over again. So it, it definitely was the point of your message. Yep. Was there anything other than this is the point? for a reason why you kept repeating that or, or why did you keep repeating pray without ceasing sure so that was news to me um that i repeated mm -hmm. it i actually didn't did not track that i'm usually interesting you know, a little bit more cognizant of that when i'm when i'm when i'm prepping a sermon um but i just think because it is the scriptural phrase um and like this was a this was a message clearly focused on prayer and so the, mm -hmm. the, the part of the message or, or the part of the scripture that mentions prayer is going to be pretty important to, to the entirety of the sermon. Uh, what I was hoping to do in this message is remind us of what praying without ceasing does and does not look like. So, sure. Yep. So that, I think that's why that phrase got repeated quite an, a number of times. And also okay. I was kind of struck by, and also you, you heard this in the sermon, the fact that Paul goes on to call this the will of God for our lives, you know, because what else is our, I mean, the, the big question of our lives is why are we here? You know, why are we doing this? Why, why does this matter? Um, and Paul gives this to it, right? Gives this to us right in First Thessalonians, where he says, 
you know, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. And then the second half of that, this is the will of God. You know, I just think that that was so, I found that fascinating this week. Um, just like we have these big quests for what God's will is. And like when we're talking about going to back to the basics, which is the, the, the theme of the sermon series, um, you know, we get distracted by other things that are not the will of God that we think might be the will of God. But here in Thessalonians, like this, Paul just lays it out there that this is the will of God, that you would do these three things. So what are those things? Okay, let's go down a rabbit trail here. Sure. What are those things that um, that we do that mm-hmm. we think is the will of God, but maybe aren't? Sure. This is why I use the heart of worship um, as kind of our of our launching point for the sermon, uh, entire, mm-hmm. kind of the entire sermon series, um, is that Matt Redman wrote that song in a period where Soul Survivor Church was trying to figure out what that was. And so by and they and they were doing that by looking at what they were doing and stripping it all away. They're a metro style church with, you know, a lot of lights and a lot of sound and a lot of, you know, a, a lot of production that goes into what worship is for them. Um, and they also have, you know, internationally renowned Christian artist Matt Redman as their worship leader, which he he wasn't that at that point, I don't I mean he wasn't as big as he is now. But you know I think that we can make our faith about things that aren't don't ultimately that aren't ultimately the will of God. Um, you know, for some, I mean, it can become about that production. Um, it can become about going through the motions of you know what divinity and, and holiness is supposed to look like without actually engaging our heart um, in the midst of it. It can become there. Are, there is an element where worship and all of worship, not contemporary, not just not just contemporary, not just traditional worship, where all worship can become that performative moment of look how holy I look when I do this. And so Soul Survivor makes this decision to strip all of it away, to completely back off of everything, where it's just them in a room with a Bible and a guitar and like no lights, no fog machine, no screens, no, you know, no nothing. They strip it back down to the very, you know, the bare bones of what worship, what they needed to have to have worship. And they ask themselves, can we still give an offering to God in the midst of that? That's why that story is so powerful. That's why that song is so powerful is because we can make it about things that are not the thing. You know, we can make it about, you know, did I, one of the examples I come up that come up off the top of my head, like during the retreat I was on through higher ground, like we had moments of prayer that were responsive and like we, you know, <laughs> As pastors, as reading the, the 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 follower part, which is what we're not used to doing, we all read it very pastory. You know, we are all like very loud and very enunciative. Like we are like, you know, <laughs> and like we called ourselves on it and then had a pretty good laugh about it of just like, you know, oh, this is all of our preacher voices. We, you know, and it's not just it's not just us, it's our preacher voices. And mm-hmm. wow, once you start to think about that. What am I really doing? Why am I really saying that prayer? Am I saying that prayer so that I'm heard? Or am I saying that prayer to actually connect with God? Mm-hmm. You know, so is that, I mean, not, yeah. that, that, not that that prayer is invalid, but, you know, where, what really is the spirit of, of why we're praying what we're praying? 
or are we just going through the motions of this is what the next line in our in our in our liturgy that Lynn just handed us? You know, so that's one of the things that comes to mind for me. Um, other things, you know, uh, does your church have the best coffee? Does your church have the best after worship treats? These are long conversations that I had in seminary that absolutely just baffle me. You know, does your church have the best, you know, and like not that child safety is not important, but like does your does your church have the most up-to-date check-in policies with your kids' ministry? What does your kids' ministry look like? Those things are important, but when they become a measuring contest, that doesn't do anything for us because it's about not, you know, yes, keeping kids safe is important. Do not, do not mishear that, you know, but when it becomes more about that rather than how are you introducing G kids to Jesus, that's where it becomes a problem. Um, does our church have the absolute best social media? You know, does our church have the best website? You know, those are things that are important, but they cannot be the main thing. Are the main thing always has to be how does our church connect other people to Jesus and how does our church introduce new people to Jesus always has to be on the forefront of our minds. And, you know, it's, and it's in, in terms of prayer, why prayer is so important. If we're not undergirding those ministries in prayer, then what are we doing? Yeah. Yeah, I really, what you were saying there about, um, um, like, when we do a call, responsive call to worship or something mm -hmm. like that, I think so often we just read the words on the page yep. or on the screen and don't really read and understand and feel what we're what the words are really saying to us. Mm -hmm. um, and we're all um, victims of that or, or sure. you know, we just, this is what we do every Sunday and this is, yep. this is how we do things. And yep. we don't really, yeah, we just don't get into what it's trying to say. Right. Um, right. Like the one advantage I think that we have when it comes to that, especially at Canton is the fact that we have, a varied worship style schedule, like, and it's not, you know, it's not one week praise band, one week piano, one week praise band, one week piano. Like it's, you know, there's two weeks of praise band coming up and then a week of Jenna, then a week of praise band, then Sharon, like, and that, and every, I mean, with different musical flavorings comes a different style of worship and we don't necessarily mm -hmm. know what's coming week to week. And so there's a little bit of a benefit to that. I mean, it's kind of hard, but also as a, as a worship leader, it's, worship leader, it's kind of hard, but, you know, it's also kind of a benefit because there is enough of a difference that maybe hopefully we're paying a bit more attention to what's going on. But mm -hmm. even in that, like there, I mean, the, my, my classic worship bulletin, I mean, when I'm putting it together, the, the leadership side of that, I copy and paste from the week ahead. And I fill in, you know, through prayer and through discernment and, you know, through writing my own liturgy sometimes, like I fill in, fill in the blanks. Like we're going to do a prelude and we're going to do a call to worship and then we're going to sing a hymn and then we're going to have a prayer. Like that kind of falls into line. And then it's the same with the praise band too, where we're going to sing two or three songs and have a prayer and then sing a song and then have our prayer time and then children's word and then the sermon. And then like, so there's a little bit of predictability, but yet there's enough variance. So I hope that we're still paying attention to what we're doing. Mm -hmm. So you kind of dug into that of, of how you try to, you know, vary things. So it kind of breaks us from that. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else that you try to do as a pastor to kind of break at least during the service? And, you know, prayer, it's, we also got to get away from prayer only needs to happen on, for an hour on a Sunday. Right. Um, yeah. 
but but we'll we'll talk about the service first and then the rest of the week maybe second um are there other things that you try to do to kind of get us get the congregation to pay attention to what we're saying yeah i mean sometimes i'll throw in a hard word hard word in a prayer so like that you know that i know we're paying attention like i won't throw in a hard word just on like just to throw a hard word in it'll make sense in the sentence and convey what i wanted to convey but also sometimes there i mean I'm an expander when I write, and so sometimes using a lot of littler words rather than one just term is, you know, my is my preferred mode. But sometimes I will just throw in a, a multisyllabic word that still, you know, fits with the what's with what we're doing. Um, sure. I'll also, you know, sometimes I'm going to blow off something and do a creed, or you know, I haven't done or or, or some kind of affirmation of faith rather than. You know, rather than like a typical call to, call to worship or a typical prayer after the sermon, um, you know, like on Sunday, we're probably, well, two Sundays from now, we're talking about confession and we're going to do a really serious, like a pretty heavy prayer time after the sermon that Sunday that helps us to understand what confession looks like and what absolution feels like, and then pass the peace of Christ among one, one another. It's a liturgical piece we don't always do. And so that'll be different. I'm trying to do it pretty intensely with, with this sermon series in particular, is I'm always trying to pair the sermon with some kind of activity. And so on mm -hmm. Sunday, after our prayer about, or after our sermon about prayer, we went to the school to pray for the upcoming school year. Like we gather at the high school around the flagpole. Um, and then I had like a, an order of, of prayer for us to go through. And so we prayed for our teachers, for our students, for our parents, for our administration, there on the day where we talked about prayer on Sunday, awesome. we're talking about scripture. And so after church, we're I have a Bible um, themed escape room um, game that we can play. Oh, cool. Play. So we're going to do that after um, worship on Sunday, two weeks from now is conf or Yeah. Two weeks from now is confession. We're going to do a time of confession after that. And the last week of this sermon series is service. And so we're going to spend some time in service after church, putting together our, our uh, health kits for UMCOR. Um, and then we're gonna have a potluck after that too. Um, so like th this, this series in, is specifically, I'm doing things very intentionally to help bridge what we do in worship and what we do in life. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, I really feel bad missing the next three, two of the th next three weeks. So I know. It. I know it. Well, the 28th is marathon day. So. Oh, sure. I'll probably be done by like 1030. I'm not going to make it in time. I will be laying on the ground dead for the next hour after that. That's fair. So. That's fair. <laughs> it's absolutely fair. As much as I want to be like the pastor that says, oh, no, you can't miss church. Mm -hmm. that's, that's the plan. And that's a good plan. No. Yeah. So one thing I was thinking about with prayer without ceasing, mm -hmm. um, and I actually used my marathon training in my in my sermon two weeks ago. Yeah. But it actually kind of brought me back to my marathon training. When I start, um, I think this is interesting. I actually pray for probably the first three miles. Nice. Um, so that's about 20 to 25 minutes of praying. And it, it really nice. is interesting. Like those first three miles, because always for me, the first three miles take the longest like it's just your body's getting used to the con constant running, sure, um, sure, constant exercise. And those first three miles I pray and it actually, it kind of just helps me center and mm. focus on what I'm doing. Right. Um, and so I pray for just about anything. 
whatever pops in my mind for those first three miles, I just nice. kind of, yeah. So it's, it, this marathon training, honestly, has actually helped me focus more on my prayer life, which is probably where I lack the most. Sure. sure. I don't know. I, I struggle with asking for help. We've talked about this a lot before in yep. different podcasts and stuff, yep. but Definitely. once again, it's just hard sometimes to ask for help. I always, my prayers typically include, you know, um, are all about thanking God for all the blessings that I have. Mm -hmm. Um, which is, but I struggle with asking for his help in things. Sure. And so honestly, during this marathon training, um, I've kind of gotten better at asking for help and asking Mm -hmm. for protection or um, helping people that I love or anything like that. Yeah. No, no, it's been kind of, it's been kind of interesting. I've little, little story of, you know, that kind of, I felt like fit into the sermon. Yeah, I love it. That's awesome. And like, that's, that's just such a perfect illustration of what praying without ceasing can mean because like you are taking intentional time to communicate with God and Mm -hmm. like, yeah, you're doing something else during it for which I would need a lot of prayer. Holy (laughs) cow. Like if I were, I mean, it'd be a very different prayer after three miles in Clay's world. Like, let's just be honest, you know, it'd be last rites and, you know, into into thy hands I commit my spirit. Oh God. Um, You know. Uh, let alone 26, uh, not, mm-hmm. not happening, but anyway, um, but yeah, I just, it's prayer without ceasing, you know, is working prayer into your life in such a way where there is this constant and consistent connection to God. And that's a beautiful way of doing it. I mean, prayer walking is a, is a wonderful way of, of being in prayer that I am a huge fan of and a big proponent of. Um, you know, but then, but also, yeah, to use your exercise time. I mean, there's a Catholic monk, um, out there um, named brother Lawrence that talks about how he, he lived in a monastery. Like he was given, you know, very intentional instructions around prayer and spending time with God. And one of the things that he said is I feel closest to God when I'm washing the dishes because I stand there and I pray. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what praying without ceasing can look like and what, what partially what it should look like. We find ways to just be intentional with the ways that we talk to and and then open up space to listen um, to God. Yeah. Yeah. And it's honestly another reason why I don't run with anything in my ears. You know, I don't have any music or mm-hmm. anything going on. You know, I, sure. I don't run with anything. Wow. Um, because I want to listen to everything that's around me. Sure. You know, like I go out, it's usually 545 in the morning when I start. Mm-hmm. And so there's not a lot of road traffic. And all you hear is birds and mm-hmm. breeze going through the corn and animals running through. It scare the crap out of you when a skunk <laughs> scurries off into the ditch or something like that. That's happened plenty of times. But I mean, you just get to listen to all the things that God's created. And that's probably my favorite part about the whole thing is that I just, you know, I I get into my rhythm and then I can just listen to things that are around me. Mm. That's That's I I think it's so cool. Yeah. I've really enjoyed it. Yep. That's great. And then sometimes you're running and it starts raining and you get really, really wet. And that's what happened on Sunday. It was about four <laughs> miles left. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be fun. And I got rain on for the last four miles. So that was not yeah. 
So how else do we do we what's what else? How do we practically apply praying without ceasing? Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of different ways. Um, just as long as you find something that works for you and you can make a pledge to do it consistently. Um, you know, uh, during the retreat, uh, we got to walk a prayer labyrinth and like, you know, not everyone has access to a prayer labyrinth. And so there are wonderful things called finger labyrinths or there are, you know, printable pages where you can just print out a labyrinth. And like, I like to do a written labyrinth where I write a prayer on the way in the labyrinth and write a prayer on the way outside of the labyrinth. Um, okay. Now, now explain that to us to yeah. those of us who don't really know what a labyrinth is. Yep. Um, so it is basically a prayer path that works in and around, um, that works like you kind of walk it's the goal is to get to the middle of it and be, you know, that's where you're supposed to be like in the, in the depth of your prayer and the closest to God that you're going to be. Um, so this is what a prayer labyrinth can look like. Um, this is a, it's a very intentional path where you walk in towards the middle and it leads you kind of around for a while and then in and out for a while. And then you finally get to the center and then you wind your way back in and it's all designed to help, you know, just kind of center and ground you um, in prayer. And like, there are places where there are actual labyrinths to walk. Um, there's a church in Sioux Falls that has one just painted on their floor um, that you can, you know, you can just go in and uh, presumably uh, call ahead and let them know. And then, then they'll let you go and walk their prayer labyrinth. And it mm. takes, you know, 20 minutes, half an hour, depending on how fast you go. But um, you know, not everyone has access to a physical labyrinth. And so, um, like I said, you can get the printout that I, you know, like I just showed you, um, and like, and, and, you know, you can either just trace your finger along the path of where you're supposed to go. Or like, what I like to do is I just like to write, um, just, you know, write down a prayer to God. And then in the middle of it, spend some time centering yourself in prayer and saying, Hey God, you know, this is where I'm at and this is what, what I've been talking about. And then, you know, just taking some intentional time of listening on the way out of like, what do you feel or what do you sense God saying to you in the midst of that? How, how is God even now responding to, to prayer? Um, mm -hmm. And like the first time I did a prayer labyrinth, I will absolutely be honest with you. I, um, I was with a group of people and we were during a prayer class in seminary and um, the, one of the people the, uh, that was with us walked right to the middle and walked right out and sat down. Like that is, that was the entirety of his experience in, in the prayer labyrinth. And I was so jealous of his courage because like I did the thing and I walked the labyrinth and, you know, whatever. And it was not my favorite way of praying that I've ever experienced in my life. Uh, second only to a Zumba class, which there were a lot of prayers being said that day. Um, a whole other story that I'm probably not going to keep in the podcast, uh, but I'll tell you sometime. Sure. Um, you know, and so, but doing it again um, and being in a different place spiritually, I mean, that really hit me. That really has resonated with me through the years now. So that's <clears> one <throat> way, you know, just if, if finding that block of, you know, 20 to 30 minutes to sit down and do that on, on a consistent basis. Um, there's other ways, like I mentioned, prayer walking. Um, you know, finding ways, like I said, finding ways to weave prayer into the, your natural rhythm of life. Um, you know, there's even a thing called a breath prayer where as you inhale, you say, you think to yourself one thing. And as you exhale, you think something else. 
Um, you know, our, um, our, there's an organization in the Methodist Church called Rethink Church. Um, on their social media, they will, um, they will from time to time throw out a breath prayer on their social media, on their, on their Facebook or their Instagram, where like, you know, you're, you're breathing in as you say, you know, Christ have mercy. And then you're breathing out and saying, Lord have mercy. It's the, it's an ancient prayer of the church called the Kyrie. Um, you know, the, there's different ways of doing that. that can, it can be a, a phrase from scripture. You know, like, you know, think of the scripture we're talking about from First Thessalonians. As you breathe in, you say, rejoice always. And as you breathe out, you say, pray without ceasing. And that's a breath prayer. And that's something you can repeat over and over and over again, if you want, if you so choose. Or if you're just having a second and need to take a deep breath, that's a great time for a breath prayer. And just saying, you know, whatever, whatever's going on, why this, why you're, why you're needing to take this breath. If the circumstances that are around you are heavy. You know, that's a good time for a breath prayer to say, hey, God, this is heavy and this sucks and I need you. And it's amazing how God will work in the midst of that, how God, how when we take the time to center ourselves in the presence of God, it's amazing to see what God will do next. So, yep. But I mean, there are, I mean, there are other modes and other ways. Uh, one of the things that I'm exploring right now is called the prayer, the, the office of the hours, the liturgy of the hours. I'm using a prayer, bo a prayer book from Phyllis, Th uh, Phyllis Tickle um, called the, the, the Liturgy of the Hours. And it takes you um, morning, midday, evening, and then right at nighttime. Um, those, those four major movements of the day um, of, uh, you know, this is an order of prayer. And it's all very scriptural. It's all very based on the Psalms. And, um, you know, it's, 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 it's something that's been a part of the life of the church since you know, like the first or second century that, that, that Christians have been praying at these specific times. Um, you know, it usually incorporates the Lord's Prayer. It usually incorporates a hymn of some kind, which as a music person is awesome for me. Um, but yeah, it's just, a, it's a discipline. I mean, I have, an, I have an alarm set on my phone and it goes off and that's time for prayer and that's what I'm going to do. You know, and so and mm -hmm. I have a couple, I've downloaded some books off of Kindle, um, the, of, of, of Phyllis Dickel's work. Um, but yeah, there's just, there's, there's no wrong way is what I'm going to say. There's no wrong way to pray without ceasing. What, what matters is that you're, is that you're doing it is that you're finding something that works for you and you're, I mean, you're doing it while you run, like you're finding something that works for you and you're doing it and you're doing it with a heart of, this is about me and my relationship with God. This is us strengthening that connection, us being, you know, you and God or me and God. Um, it's, it's us strengthening that connection and keeping that relationship as strong as possible because sometimes life is hard and it will shake us. That's awesome. Yeah. Very good. Well, yeah. what's next week? Yeah, so next week we're digging into scripture. Uh, we're digging into why the Bible is important. And we're going to be digging into some of the differences between reading for knowledge and reading for transformation. Um, it's really important to read for knowledge. It's really important for us to know the Bible. But it's mm -hmm. even more important for us to be transformed by the Bible, to really let the words of scripture define our existence, to let the things that God has said stand as the final authority, um, to let them you know, stand as... Um, you know, just what's uh, what's the most important to us. And so we're going to be digging sure. into um, Paul's words to Timothy, um, where he says that all scripture is God inspired and good for teaching and good for good for reproof um, and good for, you know, correcting ways that are not um, the ways of scripture. And so we're going to be digging into what that can look like, um, what can, that can look like for us as individuals and for us as a church. 
That sounds awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us on this week's Cut for Time podcast. We're finally back in, back in the saddle, I suppose. Um, join us again next week in uh, in person at 10 o'clock at the church or then online or again on the podcast next week. Thanks for listening to our Cut for Time conversation. Join us for worship in person or on Facebook Live Sundays at 10 o'clock Central Time. And now go in peace and serve the Lord.